Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Twenty-three seconds left. Armstrong and the receiver was out of bounds. He caught it. It's a touchdown, but he stepped out. Was he pushed out? That'll be the question. Brandon Riley into the end zone, but he stepped out of bounds around the five-yard line. The officials are having a discussion. I don't know that he was pushed out. It didn't look like he was physically pushed out, Dave, and if that be the case, then he cannot come back in and be the first person to catch that football. Take a look down here. He's running. The defensive back is looking back. It's not, he's not pushing him out of bounds. He clearly really just runs out of bounds. The receiver was forced out of bounds. Came back in. So they ruled that he was forced out of bounds, and it's a touchdown for Nebraska. If you want to hear the sights and sound of how an undefeated football season can go up in smoke at the hands of the referees who Emil Calamino have absolutely positively struggled in the year 2015. Yeah, I don't. You know, you and I were talking about that over the weekend a little bit. I'm still struggling as to at some point if instant replay can't be used correctly. I mean, that play. And I don't know. Did you get a chance to now watch that in its entirety? I did indeed get a chance to watch it. And okay, they got am I wrong when I called you ranting out, out of my mind? And I'm not a Michigan State yeah, fan. Yeah, well, listen, listen, the show knows um, that. You should rant more about this, Emil. The Big Ten says that the crew got it right. Your thoughts? Okay. Well, then. Then I'm lost because, I mean, as, as far as I know the rules of football, uh, if you're forced out, reestablished, you're, if you're forced out, then you can come back in and catch it if you reestablish yourself. If you're not forced mm-hmm. out, you cannot be the first person to touch it. In no way, shape, or form does that, does that play as many times as I watch it look like there was a force out there by the Michigan State defender. Uh, no, not at all. That's that's not what happened there. He looked back um, at the he ball. Made, he just, didn't arm bar. You can't even say he used an arm bar to maybe jostle him out of bounds. The kid looked back at the ball. Matter of fact, by not using the arm bar in some of those techniques is part of the reason the guy was able to run by him on top of going out of bounds. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he did what you're taught to do. He used the sideline as a defender. The kid ran himself out of the play. And if we have instant replay and we can't get that right – that I may say that at some point we just say, hey, human beings play the game and make mistakes. Officials officiate and make mistakes. Let's just move on because the instant replay really does ruin the flow of a game. So if we're not going to at least get the calls right, I'm I'm not sure what the point is. I'm wondering uh, if there is a problem there with replay. Is there some hesitance 
by the replay officials to overcall the crew uh, to overturn any calls by the crew on the field because this is happening on a weekly basis that you're sending it upstairs it's obvious to everyone in the stadium at home what took place on the field and you're letting calls stand i'm wondering if the guy upstairs at each one of these games is afraid to overturn what's going on in the field because listen this goes from this this i mean you had the situation in miami last week with duke and miami um where obviously the knee was down um you've got this situation here this week you've had a number of targeting calls which i was you know in attendance at a florida game where it was obvious that it was not a targeting uh situation but they upheld the call on the field and and we've had a bunch of those this year so between the targeting and the re and the re uh, listen the college football had an opportunity this year to finally like get it all right um they've struggled with their reputation the NCAA in just being able to do things right now they still have a problem with the way in which they hand down justice but just on the field and the, and everything you got the playoff going it's 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 enough to satisfy those people who wanted a playoff. It's enough to keep college football talked about. Um, and you had everything going right. And with that right there in your hands, you're fumbling it with the targeting rule and the BS that is replay right now. Why, Amel, can't the NCAA just get things right down? Well, you're in two, well wait, you're in two different stratospheres here. First of all, let's talk targeting. The whole notion of targeting to me, and, and the only way I can try to relate this to life, and, and it might, here, here's how I see it. You know the hate crime law? You know, you kill somebody, mm-hmm. and, and then they try to mm-hmm. say it's a hate, a hate crime. Well, mm-hmm. by definition, right, usually when I'm killing somebody, not me, but in a metaphorical sense, I probably hate them, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. a good chance, right. okay? I'm mm-hmm. trying to get into the head of a killer. It's a dumb law. By definition, usually you're killing somebody for whatever reason. You're not liking them, okay? Mm-hmm. Targeting, to me, is trying to get into the head of the, of a guy who's who's trying to, uh, you know, bring some lumber. Now, his intent mm-hmm. was probably just to hit the guy hard. If he ended up at his mm-hmm. head, he may have or may not have really wanted to hit his head. But that's really hard to figure out. How about we just throw the flag, make it a 15-yard penalty, if you want to make it a 20-yard penalty, come up with a new rule, and then just move on mm-hmm. because this stuff of taking a guy out of a game, trying to understand what his intent was when he's running as fast as he can to try to hit somebody really hard, that doesn't make any sense to me. Now, well, I don't think that I don't think intent is a part of this rule. People are calling for intent to be a part of it, um, and there's some that argue, well, how in the world can you? decipher what a what a player's intent was uh, you know you can't climb into their head well okay um let's not let's let's not be an idiot you can tell what a guy's intent was um is he out there trying to you know obviously maim and hurt a player or knock him render him unconscious or is a guy just trying to go in and make a tackle in a play like what i saw in the florida game which you know what in a 9-7 game you uh extended a drive and you took a good player out and you could have turned that into something really ugly. You know, uh, Chad, here's, so here's my, there my sense is this, okay? You're already going to throw a flag on somebody, okay? And now you're topping it off with with either a removal from a game and then maybe half of another game. Why don't we just say... Oh, not maybe. Tar- it is, that's indeed yeah. what happens. Targeting is not 
a, a normal personal foul. Let's make it a 20-yard penalty. If anything, that's going to make coaches coach it differently because 20 yards is a big chunk of a football field. Hell, 15 is. Mm-hmm. You start getting into mm-hmm. 20, you know, that that's a big chunk of the football field, okay? Mm-hmm. Coaches will then have to coach it differently and, and really be even more aware of it. But this notion of let's remove the guy from the game, to me it's over the top. I mean, you, you've already inflicted pain with the penalty. If the coach is, mm-hmm. you know, has a brain in his head, he he's either – talking to the kid about it, which is the whole intent here, so we don't get as many injuries. I don't get it. I mean, it's too much. And, and, and it's being applied over the top, incorrectly. It's affecting games. Okay, that, And again, I think you're in two separate areas. Then you get into the whole instant replay on just what we'll call normal plays. Fumbles, possession. I, I watch enough games on Saturdays, especially. And like you, I I, I flip channels, and I just see instant replay botched time after time. Now, the Michigan State game happens to be at the forefront of everybody's mind because it was a game that could potentially cost Michigan State a place in this playoff. But there's games every week that aren't getting as much attention, and you just watch these uh, officials. Matter of fact, the Pac-12 officials just got suspended for a game for a, a, a botch in the Washington State-Arizona State game. Apparently, they gave somebody five downs. I thought we, we ended that 20-some years ago. Huh. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with the on-field officiating. I'm even more baffled by what's going on in the replay booth. And, again, college football had an opportunity to come in and just get everything right uh, for one of the first times in their in their existence. And, nope. We're not going to do that. We're going to give you something to bitch and moan about, and that's exactly what we're doing here today. That's not the only thing, and it's at the moment not the biggest thing going on in college football right now. We've got a situation in Missouri that is promising to uh, boil over there. What 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 are we talking about there in Missouri? Well, right now, you know, again, I'm I've never been to that school, so you know, somebody who's maybe listening could call. I'm going to take the kids at their word because I don't know what's going on. But apparently, you know, the, the black students in general at Missouri, and that's a general statement because I'm sure there's ones that would disagree with it, feel that Missouri is not the most hospitable place for uh, African Americans in general, not just athletes. So I'm a, if I got this straight, a black graduate student, I believe, uh, is mm-hmm. staging a hunger strike. He is uh, not going to eat until uh, the president of Missouri decides to step down, which I don't think is happening anytime soon. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, if, if you're saying the school, if you if you believe the school condones this type of behavior, then if you're that student, you might be making a, a bad calculation because if they do, nobody's going to require the president to step down. If you're saying that they condone it, then you're going to have a whole board that would condone it, right? Um, Sure, sure. And, and listen, there... There are a number of demands that be that uh, were made here. I'm not here to to judge those things. Some of these demands, though, do seem like things that are not likely to happen, and they're stating things in an absolute. Um, to whereas, if these all of these things, and I believe it's five of them that they laid out, if they're not met, then um, the protests will continue. The black players for Missouri's football team will not engage in any football activities. And, you know, I suppose the hunger strike will go on as long as humanly possible. But um, these are some pretty stringent demands. And like I said, you know, it doesn't sound like a number of these things are going to be met. So I don't know where they're going from here. 
and uh, what advice that they're getting. So, well, I mean, um, I don't know. What's, what's, what's your feeling take, on the protest? Uh, well, I don't know. Listen, again, I'm going to take people at their word. So assuming that this is the case, you know, and th- that we have some issues going on with the way, uh, you know, black students are treated at Missouri. Missouri is a huge school. This, sound, this is going to sound crass to some people, but there's a lot of schools throughout the country and in the Midwest, if you want to stay close to Missouri, that don't treat people like that. So I guess my take on it is more of, I would just leave. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't want to go someplace where, where I'm not welcome, period. If that's the way somebody makes you feel, you know, and again, I look at this, you know, I'm a little bit cynical. I posted a comment by one of the players saying, basically, it's a divided locker room, half and half, black and white. Some players want to do this, some players don't. Uh, but the, his basic end of the story sentence was, this wouldn't be happening if we were 9-0. And call me cynical, but that's kind of the way I see it, too. I think it's much easier to give something up when you got nothing to lose. And I was explaining this. For those of you who don't like Jesus, you can turn away from the radio for a couple minutes. But there's a story in the Bible about you know, a lady who gives her last couple pennies. And, and, and you know all the rich people in the, you know, in the synagogue are giving much, much more money. Jesus is more impressed with her because she gave something she couldn't afford to give. The other ones were just giving mm-hmm. from surplus. And that's kind of the way, if, I mean, I'm relating it back, but I kind of feel this story, it's, it's a nice story, I guess, if they're right, but at the end of the day, when you're four and five and probably not going to a bowl game, it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to do this than if you were, say, eight and one or nine and oh and in the top six in the country. All right, I'm going to uh, disagree with you on one point and uh, probably agree with you on the other. Here's where I disagree with you. Yes, there are other uh, universities that you could go to. There's no doubt about that. There's a ton of them in this country. However, there is a saying that goes, an injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere. So, yeah, the the black students, the minority students, whoever that, whoever that feels uh, discriminated against at Missouri could just, you know, put in their papers, transfer, and just move on to another place. But then you're kind of uh, giving giving a platform, giving an engine to that train of thought that allow that has them wanting to yeah. leave anyway. So if 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 there are if there are racist tones there in Missouri, by leaving you're allowing it to continue to go on, and that's that's really not how this country is built. And when you're talking about college students. They are the most idealistic people in, in in our country. They are the ones that are most likely to protest things. Um, and so I, I think they feel they have a right and a duty to get some justice, undo a wrong, and no matter you know what the cost may be in the short term, um, to get something in the long term. So you can't. You can't, if you're calling yourself a college student and you're trying to change the world, as many of them do, you can't just say, well, this isn't right, and we're just going to leave it, let it alone, and let this guy take off. That's number one. Number two, though, I tend to agree with you. It is a lot easier for them in the position that they're in, and we're talking about the players, the black players on the football team, to take this stance when there's not a whole lot at stake. You're having an awful season. It's four and five. You're you're not on your way to uh, an SEC East division championship or the SEC championship as you have been in years past. So it's a it's a whole lot easier for you to make this move right here. I'm gonna definitely agree with I you. I mean on currently that. sitting right now Missouri's one in five and you know basically tied close to last place in the SEC East. And I'm just saying I know how sports works, I know how life works. And I'm you know, forget this issue. 
It's just easier. I mean, people say, oh, he's cynical. No, I'm just telling you that's, that's, that's been my experience in life. It's, it's, a, it's much easier to give something up when, when there's nothing at stake. I mean, what's at stake? Mm-hmm. You, you missed three football games? Now, but, here's, here's you know, what we're How about this, How about this? Perhaps the fact that they are four and five, and there isn't a tremendous amount of stake in terms of the football season, um, this is the this is the way that you've chosen that you're going to protest what's going on. Perhaps there's a part that said one way or another we're going to protest what's going on here. So because we're four and five, this seems the most appropriate way. Now, if we were nine and zero, oh, perhaps they stage some kind of a press conference at the SEC championship game media day, or they come out dressed in some kind of you know unified. Um, you know, a headband, a T-shirt. They show yeah, up at the press yeah. conference in T-shirts. You know, I think I think the protest was going to happen, if I was going to guess. It's just we will choose the form in which we'll protest based based on what our current situation is. And their current situation is your season's toast. Um, you may not be bowl eligible, so you know what? This looks like an appropriate course. This will get us some attention here, and – this is the route that we're going to go. I think they're I'm genuinely not, Listen, I'm not up. judging them either. I, I've never been made – I can't say I've ever truly been made to feel this way. I mean, I'm a 47-year-old white dude, okay? So at the end of the mm-hmm. day, I'm not going to try to get in the head of somebody who feels a certain way that, that I can't put myself in their place, okay? So I'm not mm-hmm. even judging that. I'm just saying some better ideas from my point of view. And I hear what you're saying about leaving. I get it. But what would, how powerful would it be if 30 football players – and there's going to be some good ones in there too – walked into the mm. University of Missouri and said, here's our transfer papers, keep your damn scholarship in your racist school. If that, if, if and again, I'm not saying if, it is, uh, you know, I'm not saying I hear what racist. you're saying. saying. I hear what you're yeah. saying. But if, if, if they are, if the president is indeed racist, easiest thing for him to do is, okay, get rid of this problem, and you guys are out of here. Let me bring in some other black students because I can't just go replacing these black students with white students, and you know all hell's going to yeah. break loose here. So let me let me bring in some black students. Need to be the Boston Celtics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me bring in some black students that aren't quite so controversial, aren't so ready to speak up, aren't so ready to dig in my business here. And so at the end of the day, I could just say, hey, listen, some black kids had a problem here. Uh, they left. Uh, you know, uh, I brought in some other blacks. See, I'm not racist, and then continue being racist. The easiest thing to well, do would be the again, thing, point taken. I, I think I, they, I'm not going to debate. They may eventually leave, Emil. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think there's a yeah. wrong answer. I'm just telling you some things that I think. Here, let me give you another idea, okay? You want to you forfeit games in football? Great. How about this one? We go to the basketball team now because Missouri's got a pretty good basketball program last I checked. Their season mm-hmm. hasn't even started. I think it's going to start this week. Mm-hmm. And we say, hey, guys, and you only got to get about seven of these guys because what is there, 14 on a basketball team? Hey, guys, what do you say you guys join us in this? Because now you're going to start forfeiting games right from the outset. Um, and and uh, I don't know. Have we heard anything from the basketball? I don't know. Team? I'm just uh, saying. I'm throwing you some ideas. Now, see, to me, that would be powerful on the football team's part if they can actually get the basketball program, which is the next season going, to join them. And it might get even mm-hmm. more notice at the school when the when the powers that be who have who have already had a toast of a football season and they know they stink realize they're going to have nothing to look forward to as far as th- their athletic program in, in, the, in the headlines, except bad stuff all the way until March Madness if they don't fix this. Now, that might have a little bit of an effect going forward. 
Um, yeah, I would agree. I, and that may yet come. I mean, if, if they're not successful in getting these demands met, I think it's only going to escalate from here, and that, that could be an avenue that they choose to go with. And no, wait, you learn, did and I agree out with to Missouri. You. Let me ask you a question. I want to pick your brain a little bit here. Because you're a perfect person in, in that, you know, obviously you're black and you were just out to Missouri. Did, did you, <laughs> be honest, these two did things, you feel any facts. of this? Yeah, these are facts. Did you feel any of this? I'm serious. When you're out there, I or, felt or weren't no, you there? Yeah, no, I'm probably not there long enough. Uh, the truth right. of the matter is flew into Kansas City, drove into Columbia, was there for uh, maybe 24 hours, possibly, if that, and uh, did go out to eat. Uh, twice while I was there, didn't feel any kind of um, racial overtones. A lot of white people, uh, not very many black people, um, in my travels through the town. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel any racial overtones. And 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 uh, that's coming from someone who went to eat at a place called Cracker Barrel while he was in <laughs> Columbia. <laughs> so, uh, so I didn't okay, feel not any to make of light that. of it. That that's a good starting point. Let me ask you this. Do you feel it might be odd in in the sense that these kids feel this way when this is a school that basically had the first openly gay black football player that we know of, at least, at that high of a level, uh, play for them? Um, Well, let's look at it. He didn't come out until he was gone from Missouri. Good point. But you know, the players you gotta, you gotta, all knew. They said, they said basically the players they knew, the I'm sh- and, they, and I'm yeah. sure they were all pretty much sworn to secrecy. This wasn't something that you really let out and get around campus and in the media. But the truth of the matter is, upon his departure from Missouri, he made this revelation. Now, had he done that while he was there, perhaps uh, this we would have seen, you know, we might have seen something there, and this would have happened earlier, sooner. Who knows? But... Um, well, I have a couple of our mutual situation. friends on Facebook who I, you know, I, I posted about that. I have a feeling, and I'm hoping they are taking my my cynicism as, as condoning in any way, shape, or form if that's going on. What I'm saying is, flat out, is I don't know what's going on. I don't pretend to know what's going on. I've never been to Columbia, Missouri. Don't know much about the school other than they play in the SEC East. So that's my, my knowledge of Missouri. What, I, what I'm being cynical about is I just feel in life, and that's my overall point here is what the kid said was the truth. The kid who said this wouldn't be happening if we were 9-0. and That's just been my experience. I related it back to the NFL. Greg Hardy's playing for the Cowboys. You know why? Everybody knows he's not a great person. Far from it. Because he can still play football. And Ray Rice isn't playing football right now. You know why? Everybody knows he's not a great person. Because he can't play mm-hmm. football. That's <laughs> really how, you know. Yeah, true, true. Um, you know what? We're, we're, I think we're going to obviously get uh, many more opportunities to talk about this because I don't think this is going away any anytime soon. And, um, you know, we'll find out more and more about this. To be, to be honest with you, I do need to read up more about exactly what has transpired prior to this, what has led to this sort of feeling, what has the um, you know, the president of the school done to lead to this. So this requires a little bit more research, probably on both sure. ends. But, yeah, um, you know, with, with the media and times being what they are, it is something we needed to address. And, you know, a lot of things get addressed in in social media and media now before all the facts are in. And we're just uh, a part of that. All right. There was actual football that went on. We do need to talk about it. And uh, we will do so. Plenty on the docket. I hope we can get to all of it uh, along with this. Um, I do want to talk about the Vikings and the Panthers taking over the NFC. We do need to do that. 
Uh, the Saints and Packers, are they entertainment or are they are, are these real football teams? We'll talk about that. We do need to have a Dolphins discussion for our local audience here. Um, and we can have some more talk. Hey, someone got poked in the eye. The guy says it's an accident. We'll talk about that. And we'll jump into that as soon as we get back from this break right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Monday on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, Emil, you know, we talked about a little bit about the uh, targeting rule in college football, and part of our discussion was how, um, you know, things can happen at high speed. You know, guys coming in on another guy, guy, you know, uh, changes changes the target by moving here and there. A lot of accidents that happen on a football field, hence the reason we get injuries. So you can understand when someone says, hey, something happened on on accidents. Every now and then playing this game, um, and I know this from experience, yeah, a finger can get in your eye. I was in a, you know, I was in a time where, you know, visors weren't really uh, common. So, you know, every now and then you'd get a hand uh, in your face mask and get poked in the eye. Uh, Emil, this right. happened during actual uh, competition. If a finger yes. goes in your eye post-play, <laughs> in the middle of a discussion, that ain't no damn accident. So, Akeem Tlaib, I understand at this point this morning or post 
you know, post-game, whenever you made this foolish statement, understand that you realize you did a dumb thing, and he's no stranger to uh, doing silly things in the heat of the moment. But you're only compounding it by coming with this. Uh, this was an accident. My two fingers going in his eye in a pushing motion, and you know, I put the gif up on the Gridiron Studs uh, Twitter account. So if you go there right now, at Gridiron Studs, you can see a, um, yeah, a quick video of the accidental poke as described by T- uh, Aqib Tlaib in the eye of Dwayne Allen. He's only compounding it. Uh, the right. best thing to do, I've learned in this society, is, yep, uh, in the heat of the moment, poke the guy in the eye. I want to apologize to Dwayne Allen and to the Indianapolis Colts uh, organization. Uh, in the heat of the moment, lost it, and, uh, you know, never do it again. I will seek counseling. Whatever. Just apologize, yeah. man. Don't come with the – come on. Now you got to fight I don't know how long on this whole deal about... But you're uh, always better you know, off when you make a mistake fessing up in those situations. I mean, we've always we've talked about this other times throughout the course of our show over the years. It's the cover-up, or whatever you want to say, the, the, the denial that actually gets you in trouble. If you just fess up and say, you know, I don't know. Look at Tyson. Tyson bit off of Vander Hollifield's ear, and they're, they're friends now. I mean, they're buddies. He's just like, yeah, right, I lost right. my mind. You know? Yeah, well, listen, you can't bite a guy's ear on accident. So there was nowhere for Tyson to go, and, and he wouldn't be one to say back in those days that uh, it, anything that he did was an accident. He was more Come along on, the lines of, yeah, I meant to picture Mike going like this. I watch, watch, you do this. He'd say, Chad, I was, I, I was in a clinch, and, and Evander Holyfield's ear got caught in my in my mouth, and I was so, he hit me then, I just, I bit down, and it was so accidental that um, I didn't know, I just lost my mind. I didn't have, I didn't have a, a pre-fight meal, so when it went in there, it was just instincts taking over. I asked, I asked for M&M's meal. before the fight, and they didn't put the M&M's in my locker room. Oh, so keep to leave, man, kill that, let's get off that. Now, I don't even know, now you might have hit the point of no return saying that um, you, it was an accident. Now for you to apologize, you got to come off of this line. Oh, Akeeb, Akeeb, Akeeb. You know, let's got to get your, your uh, yourself under control. Emil, the Vikings and the Panthers, all right? I don't, what did we call these guys before the season? I uh, I wish I had our records that we predicted before the season oh. laid out here in front of me. Um, neither one of us. Well, this year we kind of just we we threw generalities. I forget where we picked them in the division, to be honest with you, but it wasn't very high. Let's put it that way. No, but um, man, I watched Cam Newton yesterday. It's the first time really this season that I sat here and watched the guy, and without any reliable other than other than Greg Olson, without any other reliable. Uh, passing threats for the Carolina Panthers, he's really starting to look like that guy during that season at Auburn. I mean, he there's times there where he just looks like he's a serious problem for the defense. And God forbid... Well, wait, we're being, had, time out. We're being a little critical of ourselves here. Hold on, hold on here. I pull, you know, you found this something you there? Here on the show for, I did. I found our, our pick. Abs- uh, we Abs- both have Minnesota second. No records this year. Remember, we, we didn't go through all that BS. We threw them out okay. on the show. But basically, mm-hmm. we have Minnesota second in the north. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, well, you were terrible on this one, but I'm, I'm terrible on other things. You had Carolina mm-hmm. last in the south, even though you're a closet Carolina fan. I don't know what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. I had them second, by the way. Okay. Well, well, there you go. We're, I mean, we're probably both going to end up uh, wrong on that one uh, with the with the Falcons falling to pieces. But Cam Newton, 
and the Carolina Panthers are looking like that team. Now, I don't know if what they're doing is sustainable. Um, if teams figure out a way, and that's not going to be easy to contain Cam Newton and uh, make him do some of the things that he doesn't do so well, then perhaps Carolina's going to run into some bit of a problem. I mean, Jonathan Stewart's doing enough running the football. Cam's adding to the rushing yardage and, and defensive woes for other teams by taking off with the football. And, man, he is a big guy. And if anyone out there I've – had, I've had a number of occasions to see Cam Newton in person. He is a huge individual. But if anyone who's not had – you know that that privilege of seeing the man in person you need only to see one thing that's out in social media everywhere there is a clip going around of Julius Peppers keeping the ball away from Cam Newton and eventually tossing it off to the side so that Cam you know would be delayed in throwing the ball into the stands to to uh to you know a young uh, you know a young fan that's like he does every time he scores pause it when Cam is standing next to Julius Peppers asking for the football. One of those guys is a defensive end. The other guy is a quarterback. You will not know the difference. Julius Peppers oh, is no, a huge he's, guy. You know, he's, a, he's a big guy. I mean, part of you are saying figure it out. I'm not sure the teams don't have it figured out, but it's also a personnel thing. If you, you know, to, to really <laughs> stop him, right, if you're going to play Cam Newton, you need to have a spy, okay, that, <laughs> that's basically got him every play. So, therefore, you mm-hmm. probably need a linebacker that's big enough and fast enough to catch him, mm-hmm. which isn't mm-hmm. always readily available, okay? Right. And right. if you don't have that, now you have a huge problem because, if you, can't, you know, you might know he's going to tuck it and run, but knowing mm-hmm. that and having someone that can actually catch him and bring him t- to the ground is a completely different, you know, animal altogether. Yeah, no, my 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 listen, my thought on that is this. When you start getting into the playoffs, playoff teams uh have that kind of player. Um, you know, sure. if you're talking to Green Bay Packers, um maybe that's maybe that's Clay Matthews that could handle that job. Um, you know, I you know, I, I don't know about anyone in the NFC East, but you know, you start getting into the playoffs, someone's got that kind of player and then on the day that they're able to do that, can the other guy step up? I watched Ted Ginn drop footballs. Um, he's you know, he's He's a flash in a pan. Every now and then he's going to, you know, he, you can't rely yeah. on him every week, basically. Um, and if teams figure out how to shut down Greg Olson, um, there could be a problem for the Carolina Panthers. Here's a bigger problem. The Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. have now lost back-to-back football games. They are now tied atop the North. And I'm telling you, I think Minnesota, moving out of that, what did they call that, Metrodome? What, what was that little nickname? Oh, that was the best move. They, they that, was, that was genius. <laughs> Getting out of there. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and you and I are old enough to remember Minnesota playing in an outdoor stadium. I think Minnesota, late in the season, in the playoffs, outdoors, in Minnesota, with a running back, could be a serious home field advantage, which Minnesota is creeping up on. If the Packers can't get their act together, Minnesota's going to win that north. And they're going to have, if not the best record, the second best record in the NFC, and could find themselves at home for a number of their playoffs. Well, wait, wait, let's rewind this problem. first of all. To let's rewind this to Green Bay. Okay, let's let's start there. First of all, as a football fan, my general observation is I'm worried for Green Bay. Um, if this was one game, like in, in Denver, and they had rebounded and showed me some things I didn't see in Denver, I would say that just happens. That's life in the NFL. But I really think that the issue Green Bay has is, you know, their defense is kind of being exposed for what it is, which isn't very good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're not a really strong defensive club. You, 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 you kind of got that in both of these games. I mean, Denver, uh, you know, Peyton Manning, what did he throw for 300 yards that day? I don't remember the exact stats, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you know, he, mm-hmm. he went up and down the field. I'm pulling them up right now. I mean, Denver had 500 mm-hmm. yards of offense against Green Bay. And this is not the Denver of a few years ago when Manning was, you know, more of one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, it's definitely a diminished mm-hmm. Denver offense. And then even yesterday, I mean, you know, kind of Carolina got a little lackadaisical once they got up 37-14. They had 420-some yards of offense. That's a lot in an NFL game. <laughs> so, uh, look, let me that. tell you, I've been on, I've been on this, uh, I've been on this for a while. Okay, uh, and there are probably some people tired of hearing about it from me on Twitter, namely some offensive coordinators. Um, but here's the deal: you can call Green Bay's defense bad, but I'm telling you, good defenses get the support from the offense. And the Packers don't have a running game; doesn't look like they really want a running game. And if you can't, if you can't limit the snaps that defense is seeing. And if you can't do that kind of thing, your defense is never really ever going to look good. I mean, look at what the Saints have going on. I mean, they've got players. They've got names over there on defense. But the fact that they don't want to run the football and they just want to pile up passing stats and be entertainment and Drew Brees threw nine touchdowns in a football game, your defense is going to suffer. You're just not going to have a good defense. And I think you got a little bit of that going on in Green Bay. And it's the reason why Aaron Rodgers – um, one of the greatest passers and players of the position in terms of throwing the ball has this game's ever seen only holds one trophy. Well, I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, you know, our philosophies are fairly similar in that respect, but I, I think what you're saying is, is, and I agree with you, in today's game, in both both of the highest levels, professional and Division One college, the way the players are on offense and the way the rules are constructed, especially in the NFL, especially in the NFL. If you leave your defense out there long enough, I don't care how good your defense is, it's going to look bad. And so, it, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, football is kind of like, uh, you know, like a fine orchestra. Everything's got to work in harmony and unison, and if it doesn't, you know, you can leave one side of the ball to look extremely bad when, in fact, it may not really be that bad. It's just that they're out there a long time. I mean, yesterday was a classic example in that Steelers-Raiders game, okay? Steelers have a 14-point lead with nine minutes left in the game. In the old days of Steeler football, okay, that is going to be at least a 10- to 14-point win, if not more, because they're going to start pounding that rock. Yeah, and a game that probably ends 30 to 45 minutes sooner, too, by the way. Right, okay. Instead, the Steelers run off 81 plays yesterday. Now, they led most of the game at different chunks. They led throughout the game or were tied. They only ran the ball 30 times. Okay, now they mm-hmm. ran it for 195 yep. yards. They, they they threw the ball 51 times. Why are you throwing the ball 51 times when you're running the ball for six and a half stats. yards of carry? Got to pile up the passing stats, man. It's a fantasy world. Um, uh, offensive coordinators want to be known as gurus, and you, the only way you're going to get called a guru in this game is for your quarterback to throw five touchdowns and for him to throw for 350, 400 yards. Otherwise, you're not uh, in the mind's eye of the common fan who we've ca- who we're catering to here. You're not that much of a guru. You know what? Be a guru in terms of wins. Close games out. Shorten a game, stifle the team that's down by two scores, stifle them with the clock. 
I'm just so sick of seeing guys wanting to throw the ball around. I'm telling you this right now, I promise you. Um, if the Patriots don't get off of that whole where genius is throwing the ball to, the whole little, you know, we, these short passes are our running game, they're going to they're gonna meet a disappointing end to the season where everyone has them as, uh, like, the best team ever. I'm telling you right now they're looking for – Well, I'm for, telling you, they're, they're headed you for know, a problem. in my example of the Steelers, because I'm in Steeler country, you're going to have people who send me a note that say, shut up, you know, they're 5-4, and four, they won. That's all well and good. You keep doing that crap that they did yesterday, unable to close out the Raiders, who wanted to be closed out. I mean, let's face it. The Raiders were making a trip across the country. They're still growing. They're still learning how to win. They're down 14. They want to be put to sleep there. You, not doing that will catch up with the Steelers. They have games the second half of the season at Seattle. They're at Cincinnati. They have a game coming up with Denver. Trust me, you do that crap against good teams, you're losing. Yeah, um, so that that's a that's an interesting. How about the Raiders though? I mean, this they're they're standing up for themselves. Uh, that old uh, the Raiders teams of the recent past would have folded really early in that contest. Um, but they fe- they are feeling good about themselves. They're feeling worthy. They they're playing with some confidence, and it's allowing them to fight like that. The Raiders may be closer to around the corner than we originally thought. What do you think of that? Well, I, I think that you're right, and I also think this is a little unknown. You know, it's the highest rating this year in the league versus the Blitz. That would be Derek Carr. Is that so, right? Well, see, yes. I mean, I mean, that's that's a good little nugget you dug up there, and that's the beginning of. Listen, you want to you want to. There's two things I think right now in this league that measures a good quarterback. Um, one being able to handle those third down blitz situations, as it seems Carr is able to do, and then the other that I've noticed is being able to make throws and. Uh, something called two-man coverage. And for the layman out there, uh, that's when uh, all of the guys underneath, so the cornerbacks and sometimes the linebackers, play man-to-man press coverage, and they're underneath the wide receivers as they run their routes, and then the two safeties stay over the top for an overthrown ball. It's a tough thing to defeat, um, especially if you're not one of these take-off-and-run quarterbacks like Cam Newton. The quarterbacks that are getting somewhere in this league are able to make throws against that kind of coverage. So, um, I mean, Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, Latavius Murray, they've got a nice little something to start with there in Oakland. Oh, no, they and got better pieces there. I was just going to say, you look, you look at that team right now, you know, they've got a running back, you know, and he's, and he's a big running back. He's physical. He hammers it up in there. I mean, the guy's 6'3", 230, 25-year-old back, so he's young. They got Cooper, like you pointed out. Crabtree seems revitalized. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't sleep on them the second half of the year. They, I don't think it's a fluke. As long as they keep playing some defense, I think that they could they could cause some people some big headaches. Uh, and at 4-4, four and four, at four and four, this Raiders team in the AFC is right in the thick of the wild card. Uh, when you look at the second-place teams in the AFC right now, the the New York Jets are at five and three. The Steelers at five and four after getting that win yesterday. And the Houston Texans and that god awful AFC South are a three and five football team. I don't. We're not getting a uh, a wild card out of the AFC South. And then the Raiders are sitting there at four and four. So um, if they can develop well, any kind of momentum purist, down in the second half, if you're a purist though, and you're looking over these standings this year, you have to admit mm-hmm. that there's some god awful mediocre pro- product out there this season. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Now, the NFL will dress that up and put lipstick on it and call that parody. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at that NFC East right now and you look at the AFC South, good God almighty. 
Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what you're working with here. So, Well, I mean, all you need to know about the NFC East is this, okay? The Giants in their rematch with the Cowboys beat them 27-20. The Eagles beat them 33-27 in overtime. They both need it. The Giants got a pick six and a touchdown return to win that game by a touchdown. The Eagles got a pick six in that game. Not that there's anything wrong with a pick six. My point is, I'm not sure Matt Castle belongs in the NFL after watching him for six weeks or four weeks. Um, I, um, I I might have to agree with you on that. Now, I, mean, I know someone's I mean, going to call the show and say, Matt Castle threw for 299 yards last night. You know what? <laughs> Matt Castle threw a touchdown pass to Des Bryant, okay, that if I could reach, I could have thrown it because the fact of the matter is he did nothing to throw the touchdown pass. He threw it up and let, and let the best player on the field at that point go get it. That had nothing to do uh, with that was, that was a, That was an interception uh, yes. that somehow turned into a damn a, a damn touchdown just because Des Bryant is Des Bryant. But that was an interception, trust me, on uh, any day of the week. So I don't know what happened. Oh, it should have been an interception. I don't even know what he was doing. I mean, people are saying, oh, he threw it up and let Des make a play. He threw the ball as far as he could, which, by the way, was only about 35 yards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, uh, unbelievable. It's good to have players like that out there. All right, we're going to have to wrap up our NFL discussion here. We'll we'll recap our picks because I know that's on your mind. We'll recap our picks uh, on our way out on the segment, just the way we, we gave them. We'll recap them on the way out. Before uh, I head to the break, let's take a call. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. How you doing, guys? Uh, this is Bill from Long Island. I'm enjoying listening to the show today, but i got two things i got to take you to task with. Sure. Number one, you were talking about um, the Minnesota Vikings and how they are, uh, they really have a resurgent year and how they have a great home field advantage. And I heard someone actually mention that they could actually get the two seed for the uh, NFC playoffs behind Carolina and maybe overtake Green Bay this year. Well, we don't know that. There's a, whole, there's a whole half a season left. I'm just saying they're in position to have that happen. I mean, agreed. I guess they are in paper. But when we know that they're, if Teddy Bridgewater can't even play next week, and if you happen to look at the the, uh, the schedule for uh, Minnesota, they have a brutal schedule second half. They have to play the Packers twice. They have to go to the mm-hmm. Raiders next week. They have to mm-hmm. go to the Falcons. They have the Cardinals mm-hmm. coming to them. They have Seattle. They got a bunch of landmines on that schedule. So I mean, they let's do. not let's not put them ahead yet. And as far they as they do have landmines, well, are the Packers inspiring you right now? How about the Atlanta Falcons? Are they are are they looking like the juggernauts they looked like three four weeks ago? It's very difficult in the NFL season to go through, look at a schedule, and Emil and I talk about this a lot. It's difficult to go through a schedule, look at people on it, and say that well this is a win, this is a loss, this is a win. It doesn't work like that in the NFL. We have a hard enough time handicapping it. Uh, and I'm typically sure on have our a hard show, by the way. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you listen to it, but on typically on Tuesdays, um, he won't be here tomorrow. We have Warren Sapp on the show, and Warren will tell you if you start asking him questions like, "Well, how do you think they'll do the second half of the schedule?" He'll chuckle because I mean, he played. And he's a Hall of Famer. He'll tell you you can't look at an NFL schedule. I agree with you, by the way, that the sec- their schedule on paper looks brutal. But to be honest, right now. I'm not. Atlanta's lost three of their last four games. So what looked like a very tough game five weeks ago, if they keep going in that direction, I mean Minnesota can handle Atlanta. I'm not saying agreed, they will. Agree, but a lot of you know, I know a lot of times in the NFL, it's not not necessarily who you play, it's where you play mm-hmm. and when you play them. And then just you know, exactly. Atlanta's a different team at home, and you know they'll mm-hmm. have an advantage. They'll they'll have Seattle in their building this you know in the second half. But they do have to go to Arizona. They got to end up in. Uh... You're 100 percent right. You wanted to yell at us for something else. What else? 
second thing about Aaron Rodgers and the talking about the past happy, you know, the Packers mm-hmm. and whatnot. If you do have mm-hmm. the NFL MVP who, you know, who has great numbers, you know, he, he was the MVP last year, he had 35 touchdowns, mm-hmm. only five interceptions. You know, mm-hmm. you really it, – it, it looks like they're throwing the ball a lot, but he's barely in the top 20 of passes attempted this year. So there's more of a balance in Green Bay than you, than you think we're looking at in a pass-happy league. He's 19th in pass attempts. So I don't think that's really mm-hmm. fair that they just don't want to run it. I think in times when, you know, when they're down a lot of points or they find a mismatch or something like that, he likes to exploit it that much. And I mean, what do you think about that? Emil, I'll take this one because I've been on this train for a while. Well, one of the reasons why he is 19th in pass attempts is because the Packers don't have the ball much. If you take an overall, if you take an overall look at how many plays they're running relative to everyone else, you will notice that. And some of that might have something to do with passing the ball around too. You find yourself in a lot of three and out situations, and then the other team's getting the football and holding on to it for for a significant amount of time, only to send it back to you to have another, you know, several three three and outs. Um, not having Jordy Nelson is big. But I'm telling you, when you look at Aaron Rodgers, throw the football and move around in the pocket, you say to yourself, that's the best guy uh, in the game doing this. You know, you know, no disrespect to Tom Brady. However, I have watched this in the, in the five decades that I've been watching football. Teams fall in love with a quarterback's arm and his ability to throw, and they do that to the exclusion of a running game. And not only does that hurt them there, it hurts the defense. Defense is on the field too long. Chad, Chad may um, I jump in here one second to, to your point um, with the caller? Uh, Green Bay, right, this year so far has run 479 offensive plays from scrimmage. That places them mm-hmm. 30th in the NFL. So, in general, they're go. just not, like, to Chad's point, they're just not running as many plays. They don't period. have the ball. They don't have the ball. Well, that, not, that might not necessarily be too true because, you know, like, now Philadelphia tries to run a play every 20 seconds. You know, they mm-hmm. take their time. You know, they're often under 10 seconds snapping the ball. They don't really run mm-hmm. like that per se. Mm-hmm. So that would have a lot to do with, you know, put the number you know of where plays. You know where Green Bay is in rushing attempts? They're 20th in the league in rushing attempts. So that just it goes hand-in-hand hand with pass. I mean, in other words, they just don't have the ball. I mean, you And know, if you're I mean, in Green you, Bay, if you're in Titletown, um, if you're in the the land of Vince Lombardi, I get that you got Aaron Rodgers. Let him be great in them times where he needs to be great. But you don't need to pile up the passing yards and the touchdowns and the touchdown to interception ratio. Man, get Eddie, get Eddie Lacy right. Or if Starks is your guy, turn around and hand that guy the ball and shorten games when you get a lead. Or sometimes get yourself out of your end of the uh, of of the football field. Give your defense a chance. Even more so if you defense is struggling then you know what give them a chance let them get on the sideline let them get some of that stuff sorted out but this we need to throw you're in green bay for crying out loud when january rolls around it's ice and cold out there if you don't if you have not established at some point when the sun was in the sky and you had warm football games that you can run a football when you need to you're going to sit home and aaron Rodgers, by and large in his career for all his greatness has sat home and watched super bowl after super bowl after super bowl I mean, I'm uh, assuming you're a giant fan caller because you're. Yeah, I'm definitely a giant fan. But you know what? In, in, in reference to Aaron Rodgers too, he hasn't lost a home game in two years now. I mean, so <laughs> do you remember still, twenty? Do you remember 2011? Because I think I, I, I think he had a 15 and one football team that year. Agreed, and I also know the pass rush that he got, and he actually turned the ball over twice that day. Correct. You know, and, and, he, did, I, 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 and I, he also I, gave up 38 <laughs> points on defense. 
That's yeah, I, I, I get all that, boy. I'm, I'm telling you, fifteen I'm to one. You throwing the home. ball around, throwing the ball around, and a bad defense go hand in hand. I pro- go through time. We had that. I lived down here in 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 Dan Marino Town. Never had a good running game. Never had a great defense. There were some great defensive players that played with Dan Marino. They were on the field too damn much. They played too many snaps in their end of the ball. Why? Because Dan Marino had to throw the ball around. Because on third and two, you couldn't turn around and hand the ball to someone. You had to throw some quick out route to some guy who went off his fingers and, no, there you go, you punted the football. I mean, I've seen it time and again. Dan Fouts, great throw of the footballs, piled up stats. Never found himself in a Super Bowl. I'm telling you, if you don't find a running game, January is not kind to you in the NFL. Period. End of and story. One, one, one point, because I, I love a call like this, and thanks. These are good points. I mean, you know, yeah, you're making valid points, but but this is not anecdotal when you start going down the list. Here's the top teams in the NFL this year in rushing attempts per game. Number one, Carolina. Their record, 8-0. Two, Seattle, 4-4, four and four, not great. Three, Cincinnati, 8-0. Four, Minnesota, 6-2. and two. Five, the New York Jets, five and three. I mean, it's it's, it's you gotta, a formula you, you that works. Gotta, you got to be able to run the ball. I'm not saying uh, uh, you got to you got to have balance. I'm not saying you turn around and just hand the ball off all the time. Yeah, you got to have some balance. But these guys, I'm noticing ego maniacs at the offensive coordinator position and at the quarterback position. They're more worried about getting their four and five touchdowns uh, and their 350 yards passing each and every week, and it's at it's at the detriment of their defenses, and every and everyone stays in the game with you. Every game turns into something at the end. Look at the Saints. I mean, what did they do yesterday? I mean, that's ridiculous. They should have put they, that game they away. And they, every, they, yeah. they do what they always do. They don't play enough defense, and they just flip it around the yard. And I, and I get it. I mean, I totally get it, your point, especially with Aaron Rodgers. But I think if we mm. had a healthy Eddie Lacy, which clearly hasn't been at any point in the season, mm. I think. Mm. And you know, when you know, cold weather, and then when the you know when the winds of November and December start hitting, they'll, they'll run it more. I mm. think they'll get it. And obviously, and I'm you know what, you, you got to make an effort though. These teams, they don't want tight ends. I mean, there's very few Jason Witten tight ends in the NFL to do everything. Okay, there's very few of those yeah. guys that can actually catch passes and block. Most of these tight ends are glorified wide receivers. They're Calvin Johnson who ate too much food. That's what they are. <laughs> Basically, I'm, hey, I'm listen, man, I appreciate you calling in. We got to run. That's an awesome call, though. You should call more often. I'll catch you next time. Thank you. All right. Bye. That's a that's a great call there, and that just you know uh, that's kind of the general sentiment of fans out there. They love all the passing, and most of them don't see the uh, harm. I'm not even that sure that the caller loved the passing. I think he made some valid. I mean, he's he's making some some points about that. You know, the numbers would seem to indicate at, at first blush that you know Rodgers isn't throwing it that much. But when you dig a little deeper, in that case. Just the pack. Oh, I've happened have to pay attention. Yeah, I've I've happened to pay attention to the fact right. that they're not running a lot of plays this year in in general. So good find by you to hurry up and find that stat and back your boy up. That's what we're about right here. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we got to talk some college football before we end it here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay here with us. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. 
turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! segment of uh, a Monday weekend wrap edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, Amol, you know, no college football rankings yet. I guess those come out on, uh, the ones that matter come out on Tuesday, but the uh, Associated Press and the coaches poll have come out and, uh, you know, we do we do need to jump in and talk on that. Uh, have you had a chance to look at those, Amol? And are you surprised by anything that you see in there? Well, no, my general, I mean, at the top of the poll, I mean, you know, generally you're going to have some flip-flopping between Alabama, where they are, Baylor. I think, you know, I think it's kind of silly that the coaches have Baylor above Alabama, and that's going to lead me into a bigger point here. Um, At what point do the people doing these polls, and I'm not sure the the answer may be never, Emil, so you may answer me that way, do they Mm -hmm. start looking at who you actually play instead of just ranking them based on record? Uh, who who the hell knows? Um, but I mean, that here's my is point. obvious. That oh, that's, my that, Let that's me obvious that that's what's I'm... been done here with this. Of course, I'm a homer here, so I'm going to ask you this. But I think I know where your answer is going to be because I because you're you're logical and reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pac-12 has one, two, three teams in the top twenty-five right now. Mm-hmm. The American Conference has four. Am I to believe? <laughs> that the American Conference with Houston, Temple, Navy, and Memphis, if the, those teams are consistently winning in the Pac-12 week in, week out. Am I, am I to believe that? No. Uh, no one should believe that. That's not, you know, had a distilled drink. But, you know, listen, I don't think they care all that much about anything past 10. Uh, I'm I really would like to see. I'd like to be in a room with them and see what goes into ranking the teams. Let's say from 15 on down. Do they really? Do they really give a damn? Well, I mean, they put some thought into it because I mean they're pretty consistent in both polls. I mean, listen, this is no knock. I I love watching, for instance, the Naval Academy. But if you think that these schools that I just singled out, and by the way, yes, I know Temple had a great game against Notre Dame. I get it. 
That's a one-off situation, and you know this, Chad. We've talked about this over the years. One-off in college football, a team can step up and play a game. But here's the difference when you go into a conference. You play that game if you're Temple. Let's pretend that they're in the Pac-12. They play mm, UCLA, and they play that game, and they lose 24-20. Or they win 24-20. The next week they go look at their schedule. Maybe they're going to Oregon. Mm-hmm. That's right. a lot uh, different yeah. than playing Charlotte. Uh, I know. Okay. There's, there's so many factors involved here. How about this, Emil? Notre Dame played Clemson on the road, correct? Correct. Clemson had to come from behind to win that game, correct? No, no, that was the game Notre Dame made the great comeback. Remember the monsoon game? Or Notre, Notre Dame, Dame was made up 20. Game. Yes, and, yes. And, they, and what would well, they lose by? 24-22. Yeah, 24-22. 24-22 loss. Your only loss if you're Notre Dame was by two points on the road to the number one team in the country. Why then would Notre Dame be ranked behind an Alabama team that lost at home to Ole Miss? If you're Notre oh, Dame, no do you have idea. a problem with that? Uh, well, in theory, based on their schedule, I would say no. I think Alabama is a worse example only because they're in the SEC and they do play a really good schedule. My point would be more so um, if I'm doing the eye test and I'm saying schedule and what I've seen on the field, at this point mm-hmm. in the season, I have Notre Dame ahead of anybody in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. True. Um, I th- you think anyone's afraid of the of the Big 12 turning into huge major crybabies again for the second straight year? Uh, I think that's a big chunk of it. I think these people tend to want to, they want to give the appearance of being fair rather than doing their job. We're, we're, they're supposed to be ranking these teams based on what you know they see. I understand part of it is your record. You've got to win games. I'm not an idiot. But my point mm-hmm. is if I look at Notre Dame's schedule at 8-1, and one, and to your point, their loss being to the number one team, Clemson, by two points on the road, and I look at the Oklahoma State or the Baylor schedule, um, mm-hmm. if, if I could just not be enamored with, with points scored and really look at them, you can't, going into this, say that Baylor should be ahead of Notre Dame. Let, let me, give me Indulge me a second. Here's Baylor's schedule today. At SMU, home mm-hmm. with my cousin Lamar. Um, then they had dessert <laughs> with, with the Rice Krispies. Then they played oh, Texas God. Tech. Then they were at Kansas. Then they played a, a, a West Virginia team that's struggling this year, not your typical West Virginia team, a bad mm. Iowa State team, and a mm. Kansas State team who hasn't won yet in the in the conference. That's their schedule. Right, and, and, so and struggled and, and struggled with that Kansas uh, State team. So th- th- that I would guess, be correct. I guess but, we could say you know, that at some point the rubber is going to meet the road for Baylor, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Well, yes. What's happened here is the Big 12, and I don't know if – I can't say it was by design, but they have an idea. They make their schedule the year before. It's not like it's five years mm-hmm. out. The Big 12 kind mm-hmm. of backloaded the schedule this year with what they knew should be the good teams coming back. Baylor, T- TCU, Oklahoma State all returned a lot of players. So did Oklahoma, and they all play each other in November. I don't think – I don't believe in coincidences. I think they purposely you think that was their the idea. You, you think that was their – attempt to have some sort of conference playoff without actually having a conference playoff? Well, sure. I mean, it wasn't, you know, they did the schedule after last season ended, so you didn't have to be a rocket scientist sitting in that room to know that Baylor had a lot coming back. So did TCU, so did Oklahoma, and so did Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. I mean, Oklahoma State Mm -hmm. was young last year. If you remember, they opened the season. They played Florida State tough in that first game to open the last year's season. So you knew these teams would be competitive. You put them all in November. That's your attempt at basically settling your conference the last month of the season and, by the way, conveniently having four of your teams ranked in the top 15 in the country because they played nobody to date. 
Yeah. Um, listen, they were big uh, uh, listen, I'm biased, last year. Chad. I can't watch that crap. I'm sorry. No, me neither. There, you, you know, like, you, you know, I, I can't can. watch that. I, I'm worried about um, them. People being worried about them crying about. Um, you know, their situation last year and then sliding one of these guys in here with a schedule like that into the playoff. And, you know, certainly now we're going to have other other folks that are right on the outside looking in and being denied a spot because these guys played Lamar and Rice and everyone else um, having a problem with them. They they need to fix – if you're not going to have a conference championship, fix your out-of-conference schedule. It's, it's It doesn't seem that hard. Amos, Saturday night. Uh, the big showdown, the one that everyone was waiting for on Saturday, Alabama took on LSU. Through the season, LSU's Leonard Fournette has been an absolute, complete, and total monster. And Alabama made the guy pedestrian. I don't know that he did even get to 40 yards rushing in the game. I don't believe that he did. An extremely impressive performance by Alabama. So on the heels of that, um, has Dalvin Cook, who in their big matchup with Clemson on the road, went absolutely berserk. I want to say he went 75 yards from scrimmage first time he touched the ball, ends up with 194 yards rushing against a Clemson defense that has been very heralded this year and has done some really great things. Has Dalvin Cook moved into first place in terms of running for the Heisman Trophy? What do you think on that? Do I think he should be? Probably. Do I think he is? Probably not. Listen, people are in love for some reason. Um, you know, they as soon as uh, you know the, the Fournette had a couple big games, they you know they wanted to anoint him the Heisman Trophy winner, and he's a great player, no doubt about it. And so is the kid from Alabama. But you know, if I take a look at Cook's numbers, I mean, this kid is averaging averaging 8.3 yards a carry for the season. I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. insane. Uh, that's amazing. It's amazing what he's able to do. And then out of the backfield, he catches balls and takes off with him. Yeah, I mean, now, you know, he got got nicked up. The two games that he didn't go crazy, he only had two carries against Wake Forest. He still had 94 yards because he ripped off a 94-yard touchdown run. I guess he got hurt out of that game. He only had 15 carries in the Boston College game, which was kind of an old-school slobber knocker that that Florida State Mm -hmm. won 14-0. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, every other game, I mean, this, this kid, 156, 266, 222, 163, 194, as you point out, against an excellent Clemson defense. I mean, for me, if he's got to be in the discussion. I mean, it's not fair to, to not be talking about this kid more. Um, well, he gets talked about. I just want to know exactly where he would stand in a, in, a, in a Heisman Trophy race. In my opinion, he should be the top guy right now. Um, you know, just – I know it's a team game, but Fournette couldn't get it done against Alabama. And I want to say, you know, no no slap in the face, but in terms of reputation this year, Clemson's defense is right up there with Alabama. So, um, And the other kid that's not getting mentioned is how about Elliott from, from Ohio State? He has the same amount of yards rushing as Cook, um, less per carry. You know, he, he's mm-hmm. at 1244 so far, 6.4 yards a carry. I mean, he's had he's had some incredible games this year. I mean, this is a guy that's that's ripped off tons of. I mean, and consistently. Here's his slate: one twenty-two, one hundred one, one hundred eight, one twenty-four, two seventy-four, one hundred six, one fifty-three. The kid hasn't been held under a hundred yards in a game this season. Well, I think off of Saturday, um, what would look like a runaway Heisman Trophy race has now become a little bit more muddled, and it's going to depend a whole lot more on on the outcomes of these games coming down the stretch here. All right, we made some picks this weekend. 
I don't want to get into some more of these individual games. It's been talked at nauseum. We made some picks this weekend. Uh, let's first talk about the uh, college football picks. We weren't very good in either one of these. But uh, let's talk about the college no. football picks. And, let's and talk college. Uh, we'll save the best for last on my, my one pick in college. Uh, Duke Duke was just a, a, you know, what can I say, folks? I mean, What the hell happened I think, there? I was shocked yeah, by Yeah, I think I and a lot of other people just expected more from Duke. And, you know, you could say what an effort by North Carolina. And it was impressive. They hung 66 points on Duke. But uh, mm-hmm. there wasn't much resistance going on there from the Blue Devils. I don't know if they, instead of getting angry about that result against Miami, if they just didn't say, oh, the hell with it. Because that, that looked like a team that wasn't very interested in playing defense. And it showed uh, North Carolina beat them 66-31. So I took a loss there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other game... You know, I, I really thought Washington would do more defensively in this game against Utah. I mean, you know, kudos to Utah for hanging 34 on Washington at Washington, but uh, it was a close ball game. Utah opened it up a little bit in the second half of the fourth quarter. Final score was 34-23. Took a loss on Washington minus a point and a half. And then finally, my winner, winner, uh, I, I, I was on Alabama. I, I just didn't like this matchup at all for LSU. Um, t- to beat mm-hmm. Alabama, you need a quarterback who can threaten their defense and preferably do it as well with his arm and his legs. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't see that in LSU. I know that kid played fantastic against your son's team, but generally mm-hmm. speaking, he's not a great quarterback, and that makes LSU one-dimensional. And when you make uh, an offense one-dimensional... Yeah, kudos to you they, because I, I, in commenting on that pick, said I think this will be a close game. Uh, like many of the others have, and it really wasn't even that. So, uh, too no, bad that's we can't get two from Alabama when they know it's coming. Uh, you're not. <laughs> it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard running the ball on them if they know it's coming. So anyway, one and two for me. My record in college stands at 17 and 13 for the season. So not a good week. Yeah. Um, well, listen, not not a great one for me either. Although, shoot, a bounce here or there, and it could have could have gone the right way for me first of all uh, i took indiana if the the situation felt right looked like this could be a spot where iowa who uh, i think is uh, overachieving right now could fall on their face and indiana had all types of opportunities to do that but you know what they say defense wins championships and it can also lose you football games and that was a situation there for indiana couldn't just get the stops that they needed at the end of the day a seven point underdog just gave up one touchdown too many with uh, with a, I, would they fail on an extra point or something like that? So, yeah. nevertheless, uh, 35-27 your final. So by virtue of one point, really uh, took a loss on that game. Uh, we've or we opened up this show talking about uh, Michigan State and Nebraska. Um, kudos to Nebraska for fighting back after their their loss last week to Purdue. I, I was a little torn as to whether this is going to just knock them out this season and have them throw their hands up in the air, or uh, was this just such such an embarrassing loss that they needed to respond? Uh, clearly, I fell on the wrong side of that. They did respond in this game. Michigan State's on borrowed time. They can cry all they want about you know how this game ended, but when you just keep when you can't stop Nebraska like that and you keep allowing him to go down there and score, um, if Nebraska didn't get you this week, someone else was going to. So maybe it's a yeah, wake-up call three, three or four games this season that that basically they want them you know under under four or five points and they want them at the end they like you said borrow time is a good phrase i mean they were they were they were playing with how you know the house money yeah they're yeah no no doubt about it they're definitely on borrow time and we and we we all know how they uh how they snapped up one of those wins and you know much much talked about by uh by many many folks 
Um, and so they they were able to do that. All right. So I end up with one win on the day, and that was with Washington State, who you know I I knew making this pick and going into it, they'd make me sweat it out. So they had some back and forth going on with Arizona State. At the end of the day, Washington State had more firepower than the Sun Devils and ended up winning the game at home, 38-24. I guess Mike Leach is doing a pretty good job there in Pullman this year. So um, you know, kudos to him. I owe him for keeping me off uh, off of a donut this weekend. So I end up one and two. I think I am now 20, 20 and 10, 10 on the season. Uh, yeah, not, not, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, nothing to be no, ashamed absolutely of. not. We'll talk about the area where I need to be ashamed, both of us, and that's in the NFL. Um, and I'll go first with my picks in the, Nash, in the National Football League. Um, you know, Emil, I'm it, it it's it's very difficult to to handicap the NFL. Let's just come to that realization right now. I know you and I talked about it yesterday. It, it, the games are so damn close. It's hard to figure out just what the heck is going to happen. Vegas must be making a complete mint off of this. Um and with that said, uh I thought I had some good picks. We both did. I thought maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were ready to turn a corner. Um, and 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 treat a New York Giants team that decided they didn't want to play any defense and has been you know very inconsistent this year. I thought they'd come out and get a win as an underdog at home, a fat chance. Uh, the Giants go in there and continue where they left off last week, uh, going up and down the football field, and they end up with a 32-18 win versus the Bucks. Bucks not quite ready yet, so took the loss there. I did have a winner, um, successfully picked the Indianapolis Colts, thought they had a chance to upset the Broncos here. Broncos were kind of flying at the seat of their pants. And they're in a rough part of their schedule in terms of travel-wise, uh, on a road a lot in this current uh, in this current stretch here, and the Colts looked like they were primed to do something. So I went with the Colts. They get the straight-up um, win as an underdog here. So that was a lone winner for me. And then uh, Philadelphia and Dallas last night, back and forth, I had all kinds of opportunities to win. The Cowboys had all kinds of opportunities to win. Uh, they didn't take advantage of any of them and ended up losing to their division rival, the Philadelphia Eagles, who cover the spread, and I end up 1-2 and two at the hand of those bastardly Cowboys. Yeah, so, so what's puts my, you at 11, what's my lovely 11, record? I think I'm at 11-13 and a couple pushes in the pros, Good which looks, looks stellar compared to me. And overall, you're still 31-23 with a couple pushes. So you're doing well. I mean, hey, I will say this about Dallas before we get on. Uh, Hardy, by the way, the more I watch this and see what's going down there, um, if I was the Cowboys for public relations point of view and, and football, I'd probably cut, cut my ties with him at this point. Uh, I saw nothing in that game last night except his one sack. I mean, he he was playing against the backup left tackle. They moved the right tackle mm-hmm. to left tackle. Um, Hardy, mm-hmm. that's a game that if he's worth what, what he thinks he's worth, he, he should be wreaking havoc all game there. Well, there's no doubt that Greg Hardy, with all the baggage that he brings, needs to produce. So, you know, putting together a couple of games like he had last night will probably see his way out the door. Um, and, with, and, you know, with what came out last week, the actual pictures um, of the, you know, abuse complaint um he's gonna have to come up he's gonna have to he's gonna have to make it so that the 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 cowboys just can't cut the guy because right now i think he's got one foot out the door especially with the blow up he's having on the sidelines and everything else yeah if he can't if he can't come up with some production really soon i think you'll get your no, wish plus when you're and building a team chad you know something like that he's a mal he's the wrong kind of malcontent the charles haley malcontents mm-hmm. who aren't in trouble uh, mm-hmm. They go to the Hall of Fame and help lead great defenses. Or Des Bryant, guy, you know. He, how about this yeah. about Des Bryant? He gets in the dust-ups on the sidelines and, you know, may have a little outburst with the media. 
never a problem when he leaves the complex and he's out living That's his right. normal life. So That's right. you got to like that. All fine. Right. Yeah, okay. So let's go to the picks. Um, you can see I don't really want to talk about them. I took Tampa Bay. <laughs> Um, yeah. So enough said there. You we hit that the one. shaft on that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I figured I I thought that Green Bay would respond this week, and uh, that's why I'm troubled by. Oh, it. you and I all of that's... America, absolutely. Yeah, two and a half point favorites, and they had they had a shot there to send it into overtime and maybe get me a win, but uh, it was not to be. The Panthers came up with the stop on the five yard line, took a loss there. Mm-hmm. The only game that really bugs me. And I talked about in the earlier segment is I took a loss on the Steelers giving four and a half. And uh, that game bugs me because that's a game when you're up 14 with nine minutes left in the game, you should cover that game, given four and a right. half points. I mean, and what are you doing throwing I mean, a ball? God almighty. Yeah. So anyway, I take the loss there. I took the, uh, is, that, is that is that a golden sombrero or not? Do I need four in baseball? What is it, three or four? Anyway, I did a hat <laughs> trick. Let's put it that way. I did a hat yeah, trick. And listen to this record for the pros. I got to laugh or I'd cry. Eight wins, 17 losses, and a couple of pushes. So it puts my overall record at 25-30-2, killing my college because that's how bad I am at the pros. Yeah, like giving away all the profits, I guess, you know, um, maybe someone over the last few weeks or, or you with the whole season needs to just jump on the other side of what you got going on. But you know how oh my goes. as soon as someone does oh, that, Lord. you're going to hit a hot streak. Look, I'm confident that uh, in the second half here you're going to clean things up and uh, we try and figure out which end is up right now in the NFL. So that's that. Um, and listen, a programming note, sorry to say, there will not be a Gridiron Stud Show tomorrow. So you guys are getting a two-week reprieve um, from from Warren Sapp. That only means he's stored up more stuff and is going to come back with an even bigger rampage uh, next week. So uh, definitely look forward to that. But there is no and show tomorrow. Missouri I stuff do. stuff is still going on, by the way, we have to ask him. I would love to get his take on that because he is, you know, he doesn't he doesn't pull punches. I'd love to hear what he has to say. I'm sure, like if you ask him that, that'd probably be the only question we would get in in this segment, and he might just take off yeah. with it, as you know, Sap can. Uh, but nevertheless, all right, we're, we're not on tomorrow. I am on on Wednesday with my recruiting roundtable show. If you haven't, if you're a college football fan or a recruiting fan and you haven't listened to that show yet, you're cheating yourself. It's uh, It's got to be one of the best of its kind on right now. So I've got that on Wednesday. The normals, uh, the rest of the week is uh, normal. So we've got uh, we've got the Thursday show and then Amal back, back on on Friday for the award-winning Football Friday uh, show here on the Gridiron Stud Show. So for all of you folks that – uh, have been listening regularly. We appreciate it. Please bring some friends with you. The more the merrier here. And uh, for Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thank you for listening to the Monday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. This is the end. My only friend, the end to all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.